Section 2 of the Natural History, Volume 4. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Arnie Horton. The Natural History, Volume 4, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley. Section 2, Chapters 8 through 15 book 16 chapter 8 the other acorns wood for fuel the other trees that bear acorns properly so called are the robur the iscalus the cerus the holm oak and the cork tree it is contained in a rivelled calyx which embraces more or less of it according to the several varieties the leaves of these trees those of the home oak excepted are weighty pulpy long and jagged at the edges and they do not turn yellow before they fall as with the beech they are also longer or shorter as the case may be there are two kinds of home oak one of them which belongs to italy has a leaf not very unlike that of the olive some of the greeks give it the name of milax and in our provinces it is known as the aquifolia the acorn of these two kinds is shorter and more slender than in the others homer calls it achylos and by that name distinguishes it from the ordinary acorn it is generally said that the male tree of the home oak bears no fruit the best acorn and the very largest is that which grows upon the quercus and the next to it is the fruit of the iscolus that of the robur again is diminutive and the fruit of the cerus has a meagre wretched look being enclosed in a calyx covered with prickles like the outer coat of the chestnut with reference to the acorn of the quercus that which grows upon the female tree is sweeter and more tender while that of the male is more solid and compact the acorn however of the latifolia is the most esteemed an oak so called from the remarkable broadness of its leaves the acorns differ also among themselves in size and the comparative fineness of the outer shell as also in the circumstance that some have beneath the shell a rough coat of a rusty color while in others a white flesh immediately presents itself those two are more particularly esteemed the two extremities of the nut of which taken lengthwise are as hard as a stone and it is considered preferable that this peculiarity should present itself rather in the shell than in the flesh in either case however it only exists in the fruit of the male tree in some kinds again the acorn is oval in others round while in others it is of a more pointed form the color too varies considerably according as it is blacker or whiter this last being held in the highest esteem the extremities of the acorn are bitter but the flesh in the middle of it is sweet another difference too consists in the comparative length or shortness of the stalk as for the trees themselves the one that bears the acorn of largest size is known as the hemeris a small tree with a thick bushy foliage all around it and often hollowed at the place where the branches join to the trunk 
the quercus has a stronger wood and less susceptible of decay this also is a very branchy tree but is much taller than the last while the trunk is considerably thicker the igillops however is the highest of them all and is much attached to wild uncultivated spots next to this in height is the latifolia but its wood is far from being so useful either for building purposes or for charcoal when rough hewn it is very apt to spoil hence it is that it is generally used in an unhewn state as charcoal it is considered only economical and smelting copper for the moment the workman ceases to blow the fire dies out and hence it requires to be repeatedly rekindled while at the same time it gives out great quantities of sparks the best charcoal is that obtained from the wood of young trees square billets of wood newly cut are piled compactly together with clay and built up in the form of a chimney the pile is then set fire to and incisions are made in the coat of clay as it gradually hardens by the aid of long poles for the purpose of letting the moisture of the wood evaporate the worst kind of all however both for timber and for making charcoal is the oak known as the califlaios the bark of which is remarkably thick and the trunk of considerable size but mostly hollow and spongy it is the only one of this species that rots while the tree is still alive in addition to this it is very frequently struck by lightning although it is not so remarkably lofty in height for this reason it is not considered lawful to employ its wood for the purposes of sacrifice it is but rarely that it bears any acorns and when it does they are bitter no animal will touch them with the sole exception of swine and not even they if they can get any other food an additional reason also for its exclusion from all religious ceremonials is the circumstance that the fire is very apt to go out in the middle of the sacrifice when the wood of it is used for fuel the acorn of the beech when given to swine makes them brisk and lively and renders the flesh tender for cooking and light and easy of digestion while on the other hand that of the home oak has the effect of making them thin pallid meagre and lumpish the acorn of the quercus is of a broad shape and is the heaviest as well as the sweetest of them all according to nigidius the acorn of the serus occupies the next rank to this and indeed there is no acorn that renders the flesh of swine more firm though at the same time it is apt to impart a certain degree of hardness the same author assures us also that the acorn of the home oak is a trying diet for swine unless it is given in very small quantities at a time he says too that this acorn is the last to fall and that the flesh of swine if fed upon the acorns of the iscolus the robur or the court tree will be of a spongy nature chapter nine the gall nut all the glandiferous trees produce the gall nut as well they only bear acorns however in alternate years the gall nut of the hemeris is considered the choicest of all and the best adapted for the preparation of leather 
that of the latifolia closely resembles it but is somewhat lighter and not by any means so highly approved this last tree produces the black gallnut also for there are two varieties of it this last being deemed preferable for dyeing wool seven the gallnut begins to grow just as the sun is leaving the sign of gemini and always bursts forth in its entirety in a single night the white variety grows too in a single day but if the heat happens to overtake it it shrinks immediately and never arrives at its proper size which is about that of a bean the black gallnut will remain green for a longer period and sometimes attains the size of an apple even the best kind is that which comes from komagini and the most inferior are those produced by the robur it may easily be tested by means of certain holes in it which admit of the passage of the light chapter ten other productions on these trees besides the acorn the robur in addition to its fruit has a great number of other productions it bears the two varieties of the gallnut and a production which closely resembles the mulberry except that it differs from it in being dry and hard for the most part it bears a resemblance to a bull's head and in the inside there is a fruit very similar to the stone of the olive little balls also are found growing on the robur not unlike nuts in appearance and containing within them a kind of soft wool which is used for burning in lamps for it will keep burning without oil which is the case also with the black gallnut it bears another kind too of little ball covered with hair but used for no purpose in spring however this contains a juice like honey in the hollows formed by the union of the trunk and branches of this tree there are found also small round balls which adhere bodily to the bark and not by means of a stalk at the point of junction they are white but the rest of the body is spotted all over with black inside they are of a scarlet color but on opening them they are found to be empty and are of a bitter taste sometimes too the robur bears a kind of pumice as well as little balls which are formed of the leaves rolled up upon the veins of the leaves too there are watery pustules of a whitish hue and transparent while they are soft in these a kind of net is produced and they come to maturity just in the same way that the ordinary gallnut does chapter eleven eight cacris the robert bears cacris too such being the name given to a small round ball that is employed in medicine for its caustic properties it grows on the fir likewise the larch the pitch tree the linden the nut tree and the plane and remains on the tree throughout the winter after the leaves have fallen it contains a kernel very similar to that of the pine nut and increases in size during the winter in spring the ball opens throughout and it finally drops when the leaves are beginning to grow such is the multiplicity of the products borne by the robur in addition to its acorns and not only these but mushrooms as well of better or worse quality the most recent stimulants that have been discovered for the appetite these last are found 
growing about its roots those of the quercus are the most highly esteemed while those of the robur the cypress and the pine are injurious the robur produces mistletoe also and if we may believe hesiod honey as well indeed it is a well-known fact that a honey-like dew falling from heaven as we have already mentioned deposits itself upon the leaves of this tree in preference to those of any other it is also well known that the wood of this tree when burnt produces a nitrous ash chapter twelve the kermes berry the home oak however by its scarlet berry alone challenges competition with all these manifold productions this grain appears at first sight to be a roughness on the surface of the tree as it were a small kind of the aquifolia variety of home oak known as the cusculium to the poor in spain it furnishes the means of paying one half of their tribute we have already when speaking of the purple of the murex mentioned the best methods adopted for using it it is produced also in galatia africa pisidia and cilicia the most inferior kind is that of sardinia chapter thirteen agaric it is in the gallic provinces more particularly that the glandiferous trees produce agaric such being the name given to a white fungus which has a strong odor and is very useful as an antidote it grows upon the top of the tree and gives out a brilliant light at night this indeed is the sign by which its presence is known and by the aid of this light it may be gathered during the night the aigelops is the only one among the glandiferous trees that bears a kind of dry cloth covered with a white mossy shag and this not only attached to the bark but hanging down from the branches as well a cubit even in length this substance has a strong odor as we have already stated when speaking of the perfumes the cork is but a very small tree and its acorn is of the very worst quality and rarely to be found as well the bark is its only useful product being remarkably thick and if removed it will grow again when straightened out it has been known to form planks as much as ten feet square this substance is employed more particularly attached as a buoy to the ropes of ships anchors and the dragnets of fishermen it is employed also for the bungs of casks and as a material for the winter shoes of females for which reason the greeks not inappropriately call them the bark of a tree there are some writers who speak of it as the female of the home oak and in the countries where the home does not grow they substitute for it the wood of the cork tree more particularly in cartwright's work in the vicinity of ellis and lacedamon for instance the cork tree does not grow throughout the whole of italy and in no part whatever of gaul chapter fourteen nine trees of which the bark is used the bark also of the beech the lime the fir and the pitch tree is extensively used by the peasantry panniers and baskets are made of it as also the large flat hampers which are employed for the carriage of corn and grapes roofs of cottages too are made of this material 
when a spy has been sent out he often leaves information for his general written upon fresh bark by cutting letters in the parts of it that are the most juicy the bark of the beech is also employed for religious purposes in certain sacred rites this tree however when deprived of its bark will not survive chapter fifteen ten shingles the best shingles are those made of the wood of the robur the next best being those furnished by the other glandiferous trees and the beech those most easily made are cut from the wood of the resinous trees but they do not last with the exception of those made of pine cornelius nepos informs us that rome was roofed solely with shingles down to the time of the war with pyrrhus a period of four hundred and seventy years it is well known that it was remarkable for the fine forests in its vicinity even at the present day the name of jupiter bagutalis points out in what locality there stood a grove of beeches the Quirque tulan gate shows where the quercus once stood and the viminal hill is the spot where the vimen was sought in ancient times in many other parts too there were groves to be found and sometimes as many as two quintus hortensius the dictator on the secession of the plebeians to the geniculum passed a law in the isculetum that what the plebeians had enacted should be binding upon every roman citizen end of section two